Cast Journey to the Oracle. I'll pay six, eight. How many times have I cast it from the command zone this turn? As of Strixhaven's release, we now have 31 double-faced cards in the commander card pool that are a legendary creature on either side. And this one's a sorcery on the back. Of those 31, eight are creatures on both sides, 21 are creatures on the front side only, and two are creatures on the back side only. 21 of these 31 cards have come to us so far in 2021, just in the last four and a half months. So I figured now's as good a time as any to think about how I feel about these cards and the trends in general. I'm Jim, I'm your Spike on the Mic, and today we're talking about double-faced cards in the command zone. As is tradition, I want to start by talking about the rules and definitions we're going to be using today. First up, there's rule 711.1. A double-faced card has a magic card face on each side rather than a magic card face on one side and a magic card back on the other. There are two kinds of double-faced cards. Transforming double-faced cards include abilities on one or both of their faces that allow the card to transform or turn over onto its other face, or allow the card to enter the battlefield transformed with its back face up. Modal double-faced cards have two faces that are independent from one another and can't transform. Next up, we've got the commander-specific rule that talks about which cards can be your commander. Each deck has a legendary creature card designated as its commander. This designation is not a characteristic of the object represented by the card. Rather, it's an attribute of the card itself. This card retains this designation even when it changes zones. We've also got 903.4D that talks about how to deal with color ID for these cards. The back face of a double-faced card is included when determining a card's color identity. This is an exception to rule 711.4A. 711.4A is only tangentially related, but while we're here, we might as well mention it. When a double-faced card is outside the game, or in a zone other than the battlefield or stack, it has only the characteristics of its front face. Last, and certainly not least, we've got the rule for commander tax, 903.8. A player may cast a commander they own from the command zone. A commander cast from the command zone costs an additional 2 for each previous time the player casting it has cast it from the command zone this game. This additional cost is informally known as the commander tax. The Rules Committee clarified all of this with the April 12th Rules Update, and I quote, Any card that has a legendary creature on its front face can be your commander, but in the case of modal double-faced cards, you can cast either side. Both sides are subject to the same commander tax. It looks at how many times you've cast the card, regardless of which side you chose to cast. Strixhaven introduces legendary creatures with sorceries on the backside. For example, you may cast Search for Blacks, but it'll cost two more mana if you cast Black's Vexing Pest earlier in the game. Perhaps you shouldn't have lost him the first time. End quote. If you want to see the rest of that announcement, click on Rules Updates on mtgcommander.net. Before we start, a quick disclaimer. The contents of this episode are my personal opinion. I'm going to talk about the idea of allowing Elbrus the Binding Blade and Westvale Abbey as commanders as a prospective change but I don't know if anyone on the Rules Committee is seriously considering this as a change to the format rules. My fellow members of the Commander Advisory Group may or may not agree with what I have to say here, but if you're curious about what any of them think, ask them. With that out of the way, we can launch into today's topic. Of the 31 cards I mentioned earlier, 8 really aren't problematic at all. 
They're creatures on both sides, so they work just fine within the current rules as written. The 21 cards that are legendary creatures on the front and non-creatures on the back also currently work within the rules as written, because you can cast the card as a legendary creature directly from the command zone. This got me thinking though. What's stopping us from running Westvale Abbey or Elbrus the Binding Blade as a commander? As it turns out, it's rule 711.4a, which we mentioned earlier. While a double-faced card is outside the game or in a zone other than the battlefield or stack, it only has the characteristics of its front face. Essentially, as the game starts and you declare your commander, or while a card is sitting in the command zone, the game only sees something like Kolvari, God of Kinship, as a legendary creature with the subtype of God. The game doesn't know or care that there's an artifact on the back face. Similarly, Westvale Abbey is just a land before the game starts. The game doesn't see or care that there's a legendary demon on the back face. That's hurdle one, but I don't actually think it's a big hurdle. 903.4D, which we looked at earlier, says we look at the back face when determining color identity. So I don't think it's much of a stretch to carve out a similar rule that looks at a card's back face when determining eligibility to be a commander. If the game sees Westvale Abbey as a card that only fits in black decks before the game starts, I think you can make a pretty strong argument that it's enough of a legendary creature to be your commander. The next hurdle is what we might be opening the door to if we were to make this change. As it turns out, there's another class of cards that behaves fairly similarly to the two we're talking about, the flip cards from Kamigawa block. There's 15 of them that are non-legendary creatures that flip into legendary creatures. And they also have a rule that defines their card types outside the game. That's rule 709.1b. The bottom half of a flip card contains an alternative name, text box, type line, power, and toughness. These characteristics are used only if the permanent is on the battlefield and only if the permanent is flipped. Following the same logic as we used for Westvale Abbey, these creatures' ability to become legendary would likely lump them in with any prospective rules change like this. In concept, I think that's great. They're cards from Magic's past with a quirky ability. Like Westvale Abbey and Elbrus, none of these cards have abilities that would be problematic in the command zone. It's actually quite the opposite. They bring even more choice and variety to people who want to express themselves through deck building. If this rules change were to actually happen, it would likely involve a new pair of rules that look something like this. The back face of a double-faced card is included when determining whether a card can be a commander. This is an exception to rule 711.4a. And the flipped characteristics of a card are included when determining whether a card can be your commander. This is an exception to rule 709.1b. As far as I can tell, these two rules cover everything that needs to be covered when it comes to commander eligibility. But unfortunately, those aren't the only concerns that need to be addressed. Remember earlier when I mentioned commander tax? Let's bring it up again, just for good measure. 903.8 states, and I quote, A player may cast a commander they own from the command zone. A commander cast from the command zone costs an additional two for each previous time the player casting it has cast it from the command zone that game. This additional cost is informally known as the commander tax." End quote. This works just fine for all of the 15 Kamigawa block creatures I just mentioned, and it also works for Elbrus the Binding Blade. Where we run into a problem is with Westvale Abbey. It's pretty easy to imagine a world where we change the word cast to play in 903.8, and it probably aligns pretty closely to how people would play and shortcut any process that might be implemented. However, paying additional costs is a lot easier to do for creatures and spells. There's explicitly a step during the casting of spells that allows you to tack on additional costs. 
There's no current mechanism in the game that allows you to do the same for lands, so a rule allowing you to tax Westvale Abbey has to look different. As far as I can tell, the most reasonable option to do this would be something like how Leonin Arbiter works. Leonin Arbiter has a static ability that says, players can't search libraries. Any player may pay two for that player to ignore this effect until end of turn. This cost can be paid at any time a player has priority, it's a special game action, it doesn't use the stack, and it can't be responded to. To make this kind of rules change work, a revised 903.8 could look something like this. Anytime a player could cast their commander, that player may pay two for each previous time they have played their commander from the command zone that game. If they do, they may immediately play a commander they own from the command zone. This might need a little massaging, but you get the idea. It changes commander tax from being an additional cost to cast to being a special game action that grants you permission to play your commander for its regular cost. Another way this could happen would be through a rule in addition to the existing 903.8 that might look something like this. Anytime a commander would enter the battlefield from the command zone, if it wasn't cast, its controller must pay an additional two for each time the player playing it has played it from the command zone this game. As far as changes go, these aren't great, because they don't maintain all of the functionality of the previous rule. At the moment, you can use cost reducers like Urza's Incubator and Myth Unbound to offset commander tax. And this special action wouldn't allow you to do that because it's separate from the actual casting of the spell. The other problem with something like this is that it taxes activated abilities that bring a commander out of the command zone, like you find on Derevi and Yuriko. I wish I had a better solution to this, but I don't think there's a clean one that works within the current framework of the rules. There is one more solution though, and that's to keep 903.8 as it is, but still change the commander eligibility rules as I mentioned earlier. This would mean that you can play Westvale Abbey as your commander, but nothing in the game would allow you to play it directly from the command zone. This isn't totally unprecedented. Just ask the 32 people who play Hakon Stromgald Scourge as their commander. I'm sure plenty of you out there are smarter than me though, so if you're a rules nerd, make sure you chime in in the comments below with what you think. This is a pretty deep rabbit hole I've gone down that started with Elbrus the Binding Blade and Westvale Abbey, but eventually expanded to include 15 other cards from Kamigawa Block. At the moment, I think that the reasons behind the perspective change are worthwhile. The rules changes that would be necessary to make this work aren't really any clunkier than the way color identity works right now, as long as you need to jump through additional hoops to make Westvale Abbey work as a commander. If nothing else, I hope this episode provides a little bit of insight into how I research these issues, the types of things I'm looking at when I'm assessing rules changes, and how I think about the format in general. If you're pushing for a rules change and you want to do the same thing, I would definitely encourage you to consider the broader impact of your change, look for the relevant rules, and think about the concrete steps that need to be taken to make it happen. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me on our Discord. If you're watching on YouTube, the invite code is on the screen, and I'll include a link in the show notes. You can also get a hold of me on Twitter at JimTSF, or you can contact the Spike Feeders by email at thespikefeeders at gmail.com. I'm Jim, I've been your Spike on the Mic, and thanks for talking about double-faced cards in the command zone with me today. Hey, thank you for checking out the Spike Feeders on YouTube. If you're not subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button before you close the window, or you can click on this link to check out our other great videos.